Hello and welcome to episode number 84 of the Nintendo Jump Podcast. We're a weekly discussion podcast created for Nintendo gamers by Nintendo gamers. It's February 6th. My name is Daryl and today I'm once again joined by Sergio. How are you, man? Hey man, I'm doing okay now. It's been a roller coaster of a week of emotions and rage and more rage <laughs> and a little bit less rage, but I'm good now. I'm good now. <laughs> and with all things always centered around one particular game franchise. Ah, it's beautiful. It's fun to watch. I got to say, uh, <laughs> but we'll we'll get to that uh, first. Kevin, how are you, man? Man, I'm doing pretty decent. You know, it's been a long week, but. I got some things to say, which I'll say later. You know, I got some water. <laughs> I, I'm just ready to go. How about you, Joe? How are you doing? I am also ready to go. Um, okay. I'm doing. I'm. I'm doing okay. I'm feeling good. Uh, and you know, so I do have a bit of an announcement for our podcast uh, listeners who may not be in our Discord. By the way, you should join our Discord. Now we are also joined by TJ, aka Shy Guy, aka Shy, aka whatever you want to call him. Uh, <laughs> TJ, how are you, man? Hey, I'm doing all right. I'm excited to be back for another week and uh, just discuss some games with everybody. We've had a week, a lot of ups and downs here at our house, so uh, I don't know. I'm good to go, though. I'm excited to get into our topics. <laughs> well, there's only ups on the podcast side, so <laughs> hopefully. Uh, anyways, so uh, yeah, TJ is going to join us uh, for a lot more episodes, um, actually. So we've mm-hmm. kind of made the decision to you know, grow a little bit in, in what we're doing here um, as we prepare for the inevitable loss of Sergio to Animal Crossing and <laughs> Kevin to uh, PlayStation 5. You know, well, we have to make some allowances <laughs> for that kind of thing. And, you know, TJ, I'm, I'm super happy you're here. This is actually a lot of fun. Um, we've had a lot of fun a couple times now, and hopefully it just continues. But with all that said, uh, I think we should just jump into it. Kevin, what are we talking about this week? Well, we're going to talk about reviews and updates. That's what we're doing. And I did not know how I had that way of saying it. But yeah, reviews and updates. It is, we're going to be talking about some games and then some updates about things around the games, um, the game gaming world. So that's that's it. Simple as that. And we have a bunch of games to talk about. You know, I'm really excited about this because it's been a while. It's been a hot minute since we've done this and, um, you know, been busy in the laboratory, you know, playing some games, you know, doing it. And, yeah. Uh, now, <laughs> Daryl, what, what is one game that you and I have both played that you want to share? Um, so, yeah, so I'm going to go with Mario Kart. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, great game. Uh, yeah, it no, is. So, we actually uh, we got the opportunity. Uh, friend of the show, Darkus, actually, you know, provided us some codes to play uh, Doom yes. and Destiny, um, which we had kind of hinted at and then decided to delay a little bit. And now we're actually talking about it. So, Doom and De- Destiny uh, is mm-hmm. a role-playing game developed by Heartbit Interactive. Yes, uh, and so uh, just to jump in, this is a. It's an RPG that kind of very much feels like a, an RPG maker type game. Uh, so you can you can kind of feel the trappings all around it, but uh, it does things a little bit differently by you know introducing a lot of uh, <laughs> what is affectionately referred to as nerd humor into it. Um, <laughs> no, so Kevin, I mean, tell us a little bit about your impressions of the game. Well, Daryl, 
I have quite a lot about this, but I will try to condense it uh, in a very digestible format. So, it's a game that has a bunch of references from so many things like Welcome to Die from the X-Men arcade game. You know, like Magneto says, X-Men, welcome to die. Uh, you know, one of those moments. And then there's just a lot of rever other references like four of the Incredible Ninja Mutants. Um as part of where your four characters, uh, there's Mike, Francis, Nigel, and Johnny. You know, they're all different, uh, different personalities. For some reason, they like to make fun of one in particular. Uh, I believe yeah. it's Mike. And yeah. I, I don't know what I don't know why. It's I mean, he seems like a pretty awesome kind of guy. And there's this point in the game where you get to choose who is the captain, you know, who gets to lead the charge of the team. For me, I gotta choose the underdog. Mike's my guy, you know, and <laughs> it's, it's interesting because they, you know, the other three guys wanted him to be a cleric, you know, be, you know, because you know, in every, you know, adventure you gotta have a cleric, you gotta have a support person, and they thought Mike should be it, but no, he wanted to be a pirate, <laughs> and uh, and, and just you know, there are some elements that I really did enjoy, like the fact that when you're, you know, when you're about to engage in battle by the way this is a role-playing game so you know like kind of like final fantasy and you know Kuni, but not really and you know when you engage in battle it's like boom you're in battle like you're you're, you're going around the world map or you know where you're exploring in uh whichever like like a building or what have you and if you're gonna engage in a battle with like monsters and all that it's like a snap like split second you're in Whereas for like Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, you know, you have kind of like that loading, like, okay, you're going to get into battle, get ready, you're, you're going to, you know, duke it out. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it is based on the references. Um, you know, the graphics are very, uh, this is the one thing that I really, that has prevented me from finishing it. Um, it's the fact that it's, it's not polished enough for me to be enticed to keep going. And... I know that it's from RPG Maker. They made it, and they did put a lot of work into it. Um, and and even, you know, with even some of the music too. You know, like so. One of my favorite pieces of music of all time is a a, a tune that is royalty free. Uh, it's called "Off to Osaka" by Kevin McLeod, and it plays in almost every single bar you go to. You know, it's like. You know, it's just it's a really bad rendition. And it plays that and I'm like, wow. They why? Like I I like the fact that they included that. Because it was free. Well, I know that. I know, but then it's like, you know, when I think of an RPG, I want to think of original music. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just you know, even it could be like a simple like Breath of the Wild simplistic melody. You know, like you, you create some sort of originality, but uh, but for most bars, it has that music, and I'm like, yeah, I guess it works out. Yeah, I mean, so uh, for for an RPG, I would say uh, presentation really wasn't the strong suit here. No, it was um, not at all. <laughs> like it, and it it actually uh, it was you know when you started out and they start making you know kind of. Uh, kind of corny humor, like four nerdy guys playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, no offense to anyone who is a nerdy guy who plays uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it, it, it was a bit of an eye roll, actually. Like it was just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, this is this is where it's going. However, 
Um, I actually kind of grew to like what they had done with it in terms of an RPG, especially the farther I got in the game. Mm. Um, it's actually fairly deep mechanically. Uh, the battles are actually pretty nice and you know well thought out. And then there's things like an NPC in every town that tells you to go tell your friends about Doom and Doom and Destiny. I'm just yes. like, wait, what? Oh my god, that happened so uh, many like, times. And I was getting annoyed after the second one. I'm like, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like okay like it was just um i had a this game was a series of ups and downs for me uh Mm. i'll say i enjoyed my time with it um but it's also one of those games that i enjoyed my time with it and when i was done with it i was done with it oh (laughs) Um, yeah if if that makes sense uh i will say uh so the main game is in the realm of 15 hours or so of Mm. gameplay to get uh just through the story to the boss at that point uh Jeez, it really, really opens up a lot of other stuff. There's so much post-game stuff in here. There's probably an additional like 50 hours. Um, oh boy! <laughs> of just so a- as you play the game, like you're walking through and you're getting. It- it's one of those RPGs you kind of get warped into certain areas and such, and all of a sudden, oh now wait, I'm here now, and and what do I do, and and things like that. Um, not dissimilar to how Earthbound does it. Uh, from time to time, you know, you're just you're just in this area that uh, it's not like a Final Fantasy where there's an airship or a boat or anything until the post game where there's an airship and a boat and stuff and it's like <laughs> what like all of this stuff is hidden uh behind all of it and uh, like it, it it was a real head scratcher for me because like I had a lot of ups and downs with it like you were mentioning you know there's a lot of there's a lot of eye rolls there's a lot of uh yeah you know really questionable decisions and then there's also a lot of like genuinely funny bits and good battles and interesting bosses and stuff it's just like uh i ended up on mostly positive on it i i finished the game the main story i did a little bit of the post game stuff i got the boat and i was sailing around and you know doing a little bit of it and i was like okay you know i'm i'm good <laughs> i'm i'm done i'm going to leave it on a fairly high note so i, I did um but yeah i i i I enjoyed it. Um, I'm not sure I would uh, 100% recommend it to everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah. if you do want a game that's an RPG, a little bit more lighthearted, a little more, you know, wink, wink, tongue in cheek, um, with at least one uh, Link, excuse me, princess reference, mm-hmm. uh, this is the game for you, man. This is it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, it. Uh, now, be warned, the game does use a bit of provocative, aka improper language that. Normally wouldn't find amusing as much as I did before in my youth, but uh, just that's a caveat. Um, and yeah, I think it is. It, it's M rated, isn't it? it? it, it I, oh well, yeah. Well, there you go. And I think it is. Think it and is, it, yeah. it, that is literally just language. Like it's not. Oh. Uh, it, it you know it it doesn't as far as I could tell it doesn't really go too many places elsewhere. But you know there's some eh, there's some there's some questionable stuff there. There is. Um, there's also some questionable stuff in the way the game actually runs. So mm. I did have several instances where a music track that was supposed to turn off while another music track played did not. So you have two music tracks playing, oh, which boy, literally great. just drives me nuts. <laughs> I had one crash on the game. Oh, but, you did? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. That but that was it. That was it. So, so is, it a, is it a game you would say that's good overall, but given how many games are on the Switch, it's hard to recommend it over the plethora of other choices? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's... Um, it's a game that I would say is not so good 
naturally, but then has some very strong moments that brings it up. So it, it's uh, like there there are some real chuggy points in the game, like just like oh, what am I doing? And then there's some really funny stuff. So it's just like uh, it, it's interesting. It, it's a nice uh, side diversion if you're just kind of interested in uh, you know a quirky, funny. Uh, RPG that doesn't take itself too seriously, but is still actually kind of really nice to play at times. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, and uh, I mean they do a really good job with the references. Like I did enjoy, um, you know. Oh, there's a ton of there's them. A ton, there's a ton of, like you know earlier I said four of the incredible Ninja Mutants, which references to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, there was something about the Power Rangers, you know, aka in in the game it's they call it the Legendary Five Rangers of Power. And uh, um, like, at at one point, you can uh, meet the entire cast of Final Fantasy VII. That's right. Uh, what? It's, it's, you can. <laughs> uh, and they're and, not they're not called that, but it, yes, it's that. Yes, <laughs> they, they are the Hey Team. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, it's... like you see them in the room, and then like you see the characters, and then Barrett's like, "I paid the fool," and I'm like, "Whoa, I have Mr. T." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a little bit of a spoiler. Uh, sorry about that, but uh, it's, now, it's hard to spoil this game. <laughs> I know, and, but but one it's thing such that, a fever dream of a game. It's just like <laughs> what? <laughs> there is one thing that I did like about the battle system was that you know on the top of the screen you get to see who gets to act first in in line. You know, like whether it's you know Nigel going, then like an enemy, then Mike. Um, it, it resembles the way. Mm, the Legend of Heroes Chosen the Sky does it where you have like an indication <laughs> of who gets to attack and move first or in in, in the queue. So that's nice. I really mm. like that. Um, but that's it. Uh, you know, and and they do have like really interesting attacks. Um, not just like your fire, thunder, or your blizzard like in Final Fantasy. Yeah, they typically have like secondary effects. Um, yeah. So I I was particularly enjoying the attacks that would like slow the opponents, and you could actually see them move down the bar when yeah. when you did that kind of thing. So it, like, yeah. like I said, um, I, I think Darkest called it surprisingly competent. Yeah, yeah, that's flat out. <laughs> I mean, that's that's spot on. There you go. Yeah, um, no, it actually sure. plays pretty well, and it's it is funny at times. Like like I said, overall, you know, this is probably like a seven out of ten for me, somewhere in there. I enjoyed my time with it. It is not a game that I'm gonna go running out and you know scream to the world that they should play this game. But if it sounds quirky and funny, yeah, it is. It yeah, yeah. You know what? Honestly, uh, you know, and, and it's a that's a very uh, respectable score for me. I think it's a six out of ten. Um, it's just not for me. I. I I I think for these kind of games, I, I do wish there was a bit more polish in the graphics, but it's all good. Like I, I definitely appreciate uh, what they were trying to get at, um, and yeah, I it, it it is very unique for sure. Like I've never seen these like so many references of like like things in a game ever. Like it's just like they just no, it's they had a, actually they had a, kind of impressive. They had a list <laughs> and they just like went through and then tried to you know plug and play. I'm like okay, I respect that. So. <laughs> And and some of them are legitimately good, but I think they are. I yeah. think that's probably it. Um, yep. Yeah. Doom and Destiny. Uh, if that sounds like a fun time, try it out. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to you know, uh, who else has an, an RPG Maker game? Well, I was told historically mine was originally made an RPG Maker. <laughs> ah. There you uh, go. Going by the Cube. Shout out to Cube, who is a wealth of knowledge on any game you're interested in. Uh, I, I recently played To the Moon, 
which is an older game. It was on Steam, I think, in 2011, but it just came to Switch. And it's an interactive story more so than a game. You do very little um, gaming mm. elements. There's not a whole lot of action. It's more about interacting with the characters and settings to unravel um, a story. And I, I compare it to Greece in terms of its impact, but Greece is way more of an actual game with uh, you know more platforming and action and things for you to do. This is a very relaxed uh, setting. There's you can't die. There's not really bad guys, anything like that. And uh, what what you do is you're these two doctors that go inside of a dying man's head, and you go through his memories in reverse. Your goal is to reshape his memory to meet his wish. Um, so you, you learn his story uh, backwards, and the way it's told is um, incredibly impactful. Uh, and where, since they do uh, play things in reverse, it's, it's easy to have these cliffhangers or just kind of uh, mm. little bits that don't make sense until you get to the scene that came before it. Right. And, huh. and the way it, it, it pieces together, it's, it's, it hits you hard emotionally. Um, there are some medical backstories that have impacted uh, immediate family members of mine. So I felt a little more attached maybe than some would to this game. I could see your mileage varying. Um, most of the reviews I've read were positive. One person gave it a real low score because of the lack of action, but that's not the point of the game. Right. Um, right. So I, I thought it was fantastic, but it's a game that's really hard to get into without spoiling. Um, it's it's twelve dollars. It takes maybe four hours to get through. It is completely worth it, in my opinion, um, if that's the type of experience you're looking for. Uh, there there was a problem with the game crashing as the credits rolled, and I missed, and I missed <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> an end scene. And when you boot into the game, there's no save file. It goes right to where you were. So I'd boot the game, go to credits, it would crash. That has since been patched, so that does work now, uh, nice. which is nice. Um, it doesn't have a lot of variation in the music, but the music's emotional and impactful, and the way everything ties together. There, there were two scenes where my my jaw just dropped, and then I, I I'm an emotional guy. I'm a big emotional baby. Like one of the 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 scene that made everything connect. Like I could just tears were just started to roll. Uh, oh wow! It I just absolutely loved this game and would recommend it to anybody looking for an impactful interactive story. My one biggest complaint where it was originally made an RPG maker and they didn't really polish it ever since, you can only move in the four cardinal directions. Yeah. And mm. other than talking, moving is your main action. So right. it gets very <laughs> frustrating sometimes <laughs> to navigate through these places. You don't you want to move diagonally and you can't and it's ah, it doesn't take away from the experience but I just think for a game that old, you're going to bring it to a new system. You could have added at least that little bit of polish right. there. But right. uh, overall, for, for the price, the, the time it takes, and, and the impact, the, the, I recommend it. I mean, th yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's, this is not the first time I've heard about this game in right. kind of that capacity, too. Um, what I've always, like, is, is this game kind of an interactive, like, visual novel style, or is it? I've never 
played in visual novels. So, well, you are missing out. Sir. Yes. No. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess in the sense you, you talk to people, some, sometimes you, as you talk to people, dialogue unravels clues. Other times it's just cut scenes where you're a passive observer. But mm. where, I, I guess where things are told in reverse, that's a little bit of a, a you, spin on it. So I think what I'm what I'm trying to get at is, do you? Uh, so the act of it being in a game does make a story more impactful for me, even if you're just like doing not much. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is like, are you as the character like influencing the story in any way? Or are you just kind of watching it play out? You mostly watch it play out because you're these okay. two doctors in this guy's head and his memories. You're not one of the main characters that was in his life. Oh, that makes okay. sense. Okay, So you're more like an observer, basically. Yeah, yeah, because there, there are moments where the doctors phase themselves out where nobody in the memory can see them, and then there's a time or two where they need to make themselves visible, and there's reasons. Mm. But, uh, yeah, a lot of it is passive observing. Um, you're supposed to find little items each time to connect memories to keep jumping back, but there's almost no challenge in that. Uh, that's about as gamey as it gets. It's, it's more passive, but it's well worth your time. And, uh, you know, speaking of worth, like, I've heard that the music is well worth listening to. Like, how is the music in this game? I think that I would agree with that. Um, the, the music chimes in and it's, it, it really adds to that emotional impact. And there are times where it just goes silent and that also adds to it. But the mm, music, is, right. I mean, it's high caliber video game music. I mean, it may not make the top 10 soundtracks of all time, but it, it's worth checking out. I think I've, uh, Tried to find it on iTunes, I couldn't, but I'm trying to add it to my music collection. I do find it worth listening to. Oh, nice. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah, it, uh, so it sounds like, uh, from what you're saying, it kind of sounds like you would you would just recommend this as like a work of art, kind of. Yeah, that's, that's well said. Uh, I, I know mileage can vary based on experience and everything. Um, I'm going to write a review that might have some spoilers that'll get more into why this game impacted me so much, and then hopefully it'll make it on the blog, which you guys should check out at nintendojump.blogspot.com. But Hell uh, yeah. God, uh, he's so good at this already. But <laughs> I, uh, there's just so much I want to say right now, but but can't. So uh, overall, work of art, <laughs> highly recommend. Awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of what you said just goes with the genre. Those kind of games... Definitely not for everyone, definitely slower paced, but for those of us, I do consider myself a fan of that uh, visual novel or story-heavy, story-driven games. It kind of makes them more special in a way, and like you said, you have to be in the mood for that, you have to know what you're getting into, but they're definitely worth it. Oh, I agree, and it's they even tell you when the game starts up, it says, uh, best experienced with headphones, so like they're, they're nice. looking to get you immersed right away into it. Mm. And you may have touched on this. I'm sorry if you did. Um, how long is the game? I didn't really time it because it sucks you in, but I think about four hours. Okay, so it's it's just a nice story that you do in like a couple sessions or you know three or four. Yeah, I got it done in uh, two days, maybe three. I remember I was going to go to bed, and then I got toward the end, and then next thing I knew, it was one <laughs> thirty in the morning. And oh no! <laughs> I didn't even care though. It was so good. Uh, I. I was tired the next day, and I didn't care because I just kept thinking about yes. all the connections in that story. <laughs> it, it it just stays with you in the games off, even. Well, nice. That, so. that actually that that sounds like something I'll definitely keep an eye on. Cool. Um. Well, in that case, so 
Sergio, you don't really have a game to review, but you do have a couple pieces of news. You want to go over something? Yes, and we can say... The following segment of the Nintendo Jump podcast is rated M for Mature. Uh oh. <laughs> the following no, statements no. are Sergio's own and not backed by Nintendo Jump in any capacity. I need an adult. Ooh, after dark. The the rage has calmed down, but okay, let's go back a little bit. Basically, <laughs> earlier <laughs> earlier in the week, uh, there was a rumor uh, from a. Translation of the back of the box of Animal Crossing New Horizons, the Japanese version. And basically, it said that the game is not going to support either cloud saves or transferring your data from one switch to another, which is pretty bad. We already knew that the game wouldn't support cloud saves, which is an issue already, but you know, we've known for so long that we kind of gotten used to it already. But not being able to transfer your save data from one switch to another was pretty bad. Basically, it meant Whatever system you start Animal Crossing New Horizons in, you're locked in for that. If you want to get a Switch Pro uh, later in the year when it comes out, you're not going to be able to. So <laughs> mm-hmm. that was that was pretty bad. And, you know, I, I was included with the pitchforks. Uh, a lot of us were clamoring, hey, what's going on? We, we need answers here. Luckily, Nintendo is implementing something. You're going to need to be a member of Nintendo Switch Online, which makes sense, honestly. But basically, this game is going to have its own software-based cloud save system. It's not going to be like the typical cloud save that you can do with other Nintendo Switch games. You're still not going to be able to transfer your save data between Switches, but at least there's going to be a way for you to back up your data. And honestly, it's very important for Animal Crossing because... People spend hundreds, if not thousands of hours into this game. And imagine losing all of that progress because something happens to your Switch or it gets lost or stolen. Yeah, that, that wasn't a good thing. I'm honestly surprised that Nintendo addressed it so quickly. And with a pretty proper answer, they, they didn't say when this is going to be available. It doesn't sound like it's going to be ready at launch, but at least it's a solution. And they actually talked about it. I'm surprised and glad. I'm glad. I mean, that, that's cool, and, and I'm glad that they addressed it right away. I mean, because this would have been a huge disappointment if they didn't, you know, try to rectify the situation in some sort of way. So, I mean, because, yeah, like, no, you got to have some sort of backup. And I, I just wish that Nintendo was more forward-thinking about the cloud save stuff. I mean, this is 2020. Like, we, I know that they are focused on making games and other stuff, but I think the online infrastructure, the way you, you save you have those cloud saves like that should be a top priority i don't know that to me it's not it's unacceptable um but at least they have something in order for that so so realistically i can't figure out how nintendo chooses which games support cloud saves and not yeah like i'm looking through the list that don't support cloud saves and it's just random like pokemon let's go is on it like (laughs) <laughs> Why? Like you're not gonna be, you're not gonna be cheating in that game, and and like Animal Crossing, I are, are we we're not worried about the competitive viability of this game. So I, I, I don't I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird one. Yeah. Um. It yeah. it might be that something in the cloud save system kind of broke the game, possibly. But I I don't have a good answer for it. I really don't. I mean, mm. even to that end, I I echo what Naprat said in our Discord that. Figure it out. It's it's 2020. You're one of the biggest tech companies in the world. Every other game on every other system finds a way with these cloud saves. I 
Exactly. It's right. inexcusable. And and even the system transfer, I mean, who's going to cheat in Animal Crossing? And even if they want to, the whole point of the game is to play it how you want to play it. Oh, there's there's exactly. a gigantic black market going in Animal Crossing right now, so <laughs> don't don't go down that alleyway. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I... I, I don't have, you know, I, I try to play like Devil's Advocate. I don't, I don't really have a positive on this. I am glad that they've done something for the game. I just, I'm a little, I'm just a little confused, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it's it's confusing. Um, Shai, you made a really good point that I cannot think of any other game that has uh, the ability to do cloud saves that doesn't do it on purpose. And I think it's just Nintendo... Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say it's like an agenda, but I mean, for sure, the the developer team of Animal Crossing and Splatoon Two, they both don't support cloud saves. And it's, I think, like like you said, I think it's their way of preventing cheating by affecting everyone involved instead of just the cheaters and addressing the issue where it's starting and not hurting everyone involved in the process. In a way, by taking the easy way out. I'm also just curious, like, do cloud saves help you cheat in any way? Like, it's literally just transferring your save to a different console, right? So it's like, I, I, we kind of got that explanation, but even with Splatoon, I never really understood, like, no, you know, suddenly if I can play on two consoles, am I getting better? No, like, not really. I'm just no. playing my save, right? Yeah, for Splatoon 2, I definitely don't get it. For something like Pokemon or maybe Animal Crossing, maybe you could figure out a way to clone either shiny Pokemon or very rare items in Animal Crossing. I honestly don't know how easy that is, but even then, so you're cloning an item. Right. Exactly. You play the game the <laughs> one the play the game the way you want. That's exactly it. That especially the, for Animal Crossing. The only time that anything like this ever actually made me mad was with a, a 3DS game, Kid Icarus Uprising. Uh, where you could trade weapons back and forth with people, um, particularly over Street Pass. And all the weapons had different stats, so you could trade them back and forth and like farm them together to get better stats and, and skills mm. and such. Uh, so people with multiple 3DSs literally had a pay-to-win type oh. advantage. So <laughs> that was a problem. But again, I don't, I don't see a correlation between cloud saves and cheating, really. I, I don't see how that opens the door for anything so the only thing i come up with is maybe they honestly just couldn't figure it out that's hard to believe though i mean yeah, i guess you take I, I don't know I, I i'm just too miffed i guess to that offer a reason why they've chosen this route at I, who's gonna cheat in animal crossing and and even Nobody. so i mean such a it's, it's got to be such a small population like serge said why are you gonna punish the 99 and a half percent that play the game the way it was right. intended over right. over over a few it, it doesn't make sense it's not consumer friendly as as a company and this is one of your biggest franchises this game is going to print money for for months and they're not doing their customers any favors with this i i, I don't like it i at least give a, a solid believable reason but they they don't and it's frustrating 
Yeah, right. if it were actually like a Nintendo agenda thing, I think that they would be more pushing, oh yeah, transfer your save data to this brand new Switch. Here you go. Look exactly. at this. Exactly. Exactly. It runs Animal Crossing. Now you can run two islands on the same Switch. There you go. That's right. what you've been asking for. Like I, I don't know, you know, if it were actually an agenda thing, I would think it would be something that would actually, I don't know, benefit them. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't it, it's just one of those weird news pieces that you read it and you go, "Really?" Yeah. Oh, okay. And, you know, now, now they they're struggling in a way because you know they it's not gonna be ready for launch, but they're kind of struggling to figure out a solution, a sideways way to back up uh, cloud saves or your your island in the game, because basically for an issue that they created themselves. If we could just have one island per account, this wouldn't be an issue. But I'm guessing that's it. Honestly, yeah, I'm guessing somebody that they, doesn't want that. They really locked down into this one island per switch across all accounts thing. And then that broke with the idea of cloud saves being linked to the accounts. Right, right. Honestly, I bet that's it. I, and I bet that they just went, well, we really don't want to hedge on this uh, this one island per switch thing. That's going to be special. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole, going down the rabbit hole again, though. But that's a whole nother why. Why, why can't different accounts exactly. have different islands, especially for Animal Crossing? I, I don't get it. That's like saying if I had SimCity on my computer, I could only have one city no matter what. It It's asinine. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. I think it just limits the creativity of what, a pers- of, like, of what we can do. And, like, you know, for a game like Animal Crossing, you want to have the right tools to create what you want. I mean, this is just such a, a huge hindrance. I, I, it, it's such a huge uh, head-scratcher for me, so I don't know. It was kind of nice to reminisce and and travel back in time when Nintendo did this kind of quote unquote dumb decisions more often. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was remembering the time when they when we had the Wii, and before they implemented a way for us to play the games straight out <laughs> out of the SD card, and they would call it the fridge. Oh, it's a fridge. You just take out <laughs> what you need, you delete games, and then you save the games you want. No, people want a real solution. And, you know, it was very nice of Nintendo to actually say, yeah, we're working on something. So pretty quickly, that was nice. Yeah, that was back when, if I remember right, it was Super Meat Boy uh, could not fit into the size requirement that the Wii required uh, their their uh, Wii Shop games to be under. Right, Whoa. 40 megabytes. Whoa. Yeah, it was a small number. And, and Super Meat Boy was too big of a game, and Nintendo yeah. was like, yep, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I truthfully hope that that one island per switch thing has like a really nice uh, rainbow. Like, there's something about that that makes it really cool. I I don't know. I don't know much about the games, but that just kind of sounds kind of odd. But I'm hoping right. that they they know best. And, and in fairness, they might. To be to be quite honest, they might know best here. But I'm I'm hopeful. We'll see. Nice. Here's the hope. <laughs> uh, to end that on a, a fun note, um, but we're actually going to swing back because Kevin and I have played other games as well. <laughs> um, oh, that's right. And, and TJ, <laughs> you have as well. So we've got one more round of this. Uh, Kevin, you want to kick us off with another game you have been playing? Uh, the affirmative. You know, um, it is a visual novel type of game. It is called Coffee Talk. It is a heart-to-heart simulator where you are a barista running your own coffee shop in an alternative universe of a city like Seattle with different races. You have like you know, humans, orcs, vampires, you know, elves, mermaids, etc. etc. 
and it's like this. Okay. Yeah, you know. How does that I, one work? Well, you know, it's like how it is in the world. You know, there's different races, there's different cultures, and we all interact in different ways. You know, depending on our experiences growing up and all that well, jazz. And I meant specifically the mermaids. How, how do they oh, get to the, the coffee shop? Oh, well, you know, uh, there's a bit of. Uh, mm, it's not the most logical thing, but they're able to, you know, go into the coffee shop and be able to, you know, uh, live without the the surrounding of water. So I don't know. It just happens, okay? You know, this is like a it's a fictional game, <laughs> or fictional game. It it, it it's it's a game, <laughs> and they just made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I can't explain the scientific details on how that happens, but uh, magic. <laughs> it's magic. Yeah, but anyway, they need their coffee too, man. <laughs> They need their coffee. Uh, so anyway, it is an like I said before, it's an interactive visual novel, and by interactive I mean, you know, you get to serve them different kinds of drinks, whether it's gingerbread coffee or even drinks that are very prominently known in Southeast Asia, such as a uh, hope I'm pronouncing this right, uh, tea terik. It is a pole tea, a very well known Malaysia, and you know there and, and other types of drinks and it's really cool like there's one drink from indonesia which i'm not gonna i don't don't it's 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 abbreviated as smt stmj i don't know how to pronounce the words but uh and i don't have the reference with me but yeah there are just drinks like that and and your you know standard drinks like you know green tea latte you know dark chocolate or just an espresso and this barista that you are you're an observer you know you listen to you know different conversations you know whether it's with an elf and a vampire or excuse me yeah elf and a vampire or uh even a werewolf that you meet uh later on and they're, they're <laughs> okay. just there's there's all different kinds of characters what's really cool is that you're just there you're making these drinks and depending on what drinks you make it it will result in different kinds of dialogues I try to make the right drinks for them because usually they give the hints like, hey, I want blah, blah, blah. Or they'll give you two ingredients and you have to like figure out the third one. Uh, in this case, the werewolf. And um, so on different so it goes by day by day. And depending on uh, who's in the shop and what they want and what you have in the, you know, the inventory, you you get to make your drinks and you serve the drinks. Oh, and, and it's really cool. I know it's, it's kind of a... You know, kind of a glitter sort of thing. You know, you get to do some latte art. You know, when you make some lattes, you get to you nice. go into the screen. It's interactive, and you get to say if it's like a a cafe latte. You know, you you can like rotate the screen a bit, and then you you just draw the art. And for me, I, I'm very proud of it. You know, I I did two two things that I thought were awesome. You know, I did this elephant that I did with the swirly stuff, and then this dancing robot. You know, I. I don't know why I like this so much, but it just looks so cool. I'm like, whoa, okay. It's, even though it's just like, you know, stylish glitter on something, but it's nice. And 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 actually some of the customers that you, you meet in the shop, they want the latte art. And I'm pretty sure they just give the same response no matter what you draw, but it's still nice. And what I really like about this game is that you get to hear about, you know, the customer's problems and like whether they're going through you know a relationship situation or they're trying to find a way through you know trying to get through life questioning their career you know and, and just things like that things of the nature you know things that we've that we ourselves 
uh, face on a daily basis, you know, and everybody's got their own problems they got to deal with. And, you know, sometimes uh, having a cup of coffee is the, the way to, you know, communicate that, you know, in the real. And, it, and I make it sound bigger than it is, but, like, the only interaction you have is just making the drinks and, you know, serving them. And So just, I got to yeah. ask you a question. Uh, have you played the, the game Valhalla, the cyberpunk bartender thing? I have not played that. I've heard this about sounds it. so similar to that. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah, yeah. Making drinks, hearing people's stories, and and getting kind of a overarching lore and and setting and such. Uh, it sounds really similar, and I can't shake that. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe they just borrowed a bunch of ideas from them, but I don't know. Like, uh, I I definitely should play that. Is it on the Switch? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At oh, least look nice. into it and and let me know because I. Like from as a casual outsider observer, it really like it, it's a, a similar concept. Um, and from what I remember reading on both games, like it's actually a pretty powerful concept because you get to you know, uh, when the story is not as overt, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's more impactful, and, and sometimes like as this you know third person that you're kind of hearing bits and pieces of it, uh, you you start feeling kind of connected to that character, which is neat. Yeah, and I'm really glad you mentioned that, Daryl, because uh, especially in my life, um, what I'm trying to get better at in my own uh, personal growth as a person is is being more of an observer, so uh, less talking, more listening, and I just felt like I identified with that in this game called Coffee Talk, and it's kind of like what Shai was mentioning about being an observer as these two doctors and to the moon, um, seeing what's going on. I have that same sentiment with Coffee Talk, and so... Um, it, it, you know, even though there's not much, not that much action, it is an interactive visual novel. Um, but at the same time, it's like, it, it's like a really relaxing time. And oh my gosh, shout out to Sergio, man, because you sent me some music on on the Flag Files. <laughs> I love that because I love the music so much because it's very jazzy. It's lo-fi. You know, it's like you listen to it. You're in a coffee shop. You just feel. You feel great, and you just want to share stuff. And then sometimes you'll get mad about something that happened later, earlier in the day, but you're still in the moment to do it. So I mean, it just, it really just meshes well together with the environment, with just the, you know, the way they made the game. And I, I just had a great time. You know, I, it's a, few, it's a few hours to finish the main story. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, four to five hours, and then, um, then there's like some post game, which I, oh, I'm just excited because I just there's some stuff I need to find out. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but man, it's dope. And uh, yeah, I just for anyone who wants a relaxing game that they can identify with everyday problems that you encounter, whether with your friends, family, or yourself, this is a game that I recommend. And it has that sort of like pixel art that just makes you feel right at home. And I really like the the colors that they incorporate into the game. Uh, and you get to, and maybe you'll get to learn about drinks that you've never heard of, and you'd be like, "Hey, I want that tea turic. I want to, I want to make it, or excuse me, wanna, well, you know, find a place that has it. Then you can make it if you want, <laughs> and maybe it'll inspire you to make some latte art uh, and drink some more lattes. I don't know, just things. <laughs> and the publisher is by, if I'm, hopefully I pronounce it right, Toge Productions, like Doge, but with a T. So uh, shout out to them. And yeah, I just recommend it overall. Like, if you're looking for a relaxing game, Coffee Talk is the way to go. So, 
Well, nice. Ex- nice. Excellent. I, I can tell it's obviously had a, a big impact on you. I just have one question, and I don't know if you can answer it without spoiling anything. Sure. Is it several smaller stories, or do like these stories weave together into one big, like overarching story that connects all the characters? Ooh, it's kind of both, but it's more so more with the several stories individually, and then like later on in the post game, it it, <laughs> it might wrap up together. But that's I mean that's all I, that's where I am right now. Um, so, but yeah, more so with the several short stories uh, in that aspect. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Uh, mm-hmm. It definitely feels like a game that you like wrap up in a blanket and play in, in the winter. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds nice. Yeah, yeah. It's man. Uh, I recommend it. You know, I, 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 I just, I, I think it was just a game that I really just enjoyed playing and identified. And yeah, yeah. like I even had some of the. I think some of the the people who worked in the game. You know. I like my tweets. I know that's not a big deal, but to me it is because I really enjoy the game. So that's all I gotta say about that. Yeah, well, I'm. In, I've I've been playing a very similar game actually um, mm. that I can talk about too. Uh, Sweet. You may have heard of it. I don't know if you guys have played it. It's called Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. <laughs> um, <laughs> pretty much the same it? game. Um, <laughs> Break, please. instead of drinking coffee you drink your enemy's blood (laughs) tomato tomato Uh, so this is a very darkest episode for me he's he's uh recommended this game in the in the past um Mm. and i can see why so um if you have not heard of it you probably should have heard of it uh bloodstained ritual of the night is a freaking castlevania game like it is it is a 100 percent, 1000 percent castlevania game in the vein of the later ones like uh symphony of the night and uh donna sorrow aria of sorrow the the ds game um no gba and, and ds game um so it, it, this is this is the style of game that uh, fills in the Vania part of Metroidvania when people talk about that mm-hmm. that genre, um, which is a little bit different than Metroid does it. Uh, it's a little it, not not necessarily better or worse, just um, very very different. Uh, but the similarities, I mean, there's a there's a gigantic open map. Uh, that is gated by abilities that you don't have and you just pretty much explore the map lost until you find something and then you can go find another part of the map and um, continue on from there. Uh, so I uh, I avoided playing this game for a long time uh, for a couple reasons. One, I heard it kind of ran like butt on Switch. Right. <laughs> it, oh. it, it, it did not perform well. It did not look good. Um, and, and they've been patching it from time to time ever since then. Uh, but two, just it, honestly, and this is kind of a stupid reason, but the, the title and the overall theme of the game just kind of, I'm like, bloodstain. Okay. And, you know, that's... <laughs> As a little edge lord for me, you know, just a, just a little bit. <laughs> um, but I gotta say, playing it, it literally just plays like a Castlevania game, and Castlevania games are inherently fun. So, um, yeah, uh, I've been having much better time than I ever expected to have with it. So it's been actually a, a, a very nice, pleasant surprise. Um, I will say, uh, the newest patch just came out. Uh, I forget exactly what the number is. I think it's like one one four or something like that. Um, Hmm. it apparently fixed some issues on switch. Uh, I didn't play the earlier 
versions, so I have no idea. I've got nothing to, to reference on. Uh, but I have played a lot of this patch, and a couple things to note. So um, it looks fine. I've been playing completely in handheld. It's not exactly the prettiest game I've ever played, but you can tell what's going on. It's not blurry. You can tell where the enemies are and such. It, it, play, it, it looks fine. Uh, it plays fine for the most part, except for every once in a while it has frame drops. And when I say frame drops, mm. I mean the switch turns into a slideshow for a second and then comes back, and you're, you've missed a little bit. <laughs> um, so it, it like <laughs> it'll like literally pause. And I, there's been a couple times it paused for like about a half second. I'm like, is my is it frozen? And then it starts playing again. I'm like, okay, we're going oh, back. Man. Um, doesn't happen that often. Uh, it's a little bit of a bummer when it does happen because it uh, it definitely uh, zaps you out of the game. Um, I tried restarting the switch and stuff, and I, I still kind of had it. Maybe a function of handheld. I don't know. Uh, the only time that that actually becomes a bummer is if you're really trying not to get hit, and it happens because sometimes it eats like a jump input, and you don't actually jump, so you you take a right, shot, and right. it's like oh. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, honestly, that's it's fairly unobtrusive. And about the the actual game itself, so if you played the the game on uh, Game Boy Advance, Aria of Sorrow, or DS Dawn of Sorrow, um, these are both actual Castlevania games. Uh, th- that is very much a good starting point of you know wh- what to expect from this game. It plays exactly the same in that nice. you're mm. moving around a. a big castle of sorts you're coming across hundreds and hundreds of um monsters uh in this case they're demons uh and i think in castlevania they literally are monsters um specifically like old horror movie monsters and such but uh in this one they're they're a little bit more generic like and they're called demons and but it's pretty much the same thing uh in those games in the castlevania games you get uh monsters souls quote unquote uh, that give you more abilities to move forward. In this one, you get their shards because you are a shard binder. Uh, so you, it's the exact same mechanic. You get the powers <laughs> from the enemies. It helps you. You, in some cases, it's a mobility thing that'll actually let you get to new areas and and such. Uh, and that's how it gets the game. And I gotta say, it's huge. Uh, the the map keeps opening up and keeps opening up and keeps opening up. And it's very very big. Um, much bigger than you expect, uh, even as you're progressing through the game. For example, I got to the quote final boss uh, with 45% of the map completed. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and Dang, it was one of those classic uh, Castlevania things where you kill the boss and then it gives you a game over screen because that's not the way you're supposed to do it. Um, the, the two main characters afterwards are, are standing around talking and they're like, well, I guess that was the right thing to do, and this is game over. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> All right, game, I get you. Um, but, yeah, uh, so uh, things to kind of wrap up on. Uh, if you go into this expecting very, very much a Castlevania game, that's the right uh, That's the right way. And the reason for that is the director of the game is Koji Igarashi, who worked at Konami making those Castlevania games. So he did a right. Kickstarter for this game uh, to basically get back into that style. And if you really are um, aching for a new Castlevania game and you can deal with some performance issues and maybe not the prettiest game in the world, this is a good one. Uh, it's got a, ver- a variety of weapons, including um, great swords and swords and staves and spears and guns and such. Um, it kind of feels like there's always like a best weapon, 
but that's okay because they're they're pretty fun to play and uh, the monsters are are pretty fun. There's nothing all that like early on. I was thinking, oh man, this is gonna get like kind of like disturbing in the monsters and such, and really there's not. Like after like honestly, like the first boss you come across is probably the worst of them, and then after that it's just kind of like oh okay, they're just <laughs> monsters. It's yeah, you you, you kind of get what you expect on it, and um overall I've enjoyed it a lot. So yeah, I would recommend this game to anyone looking for a Castlevania game who can deal with a few stutters here and there. Would you say that the the way they paced it, they did it really well? Like in terms of difficulty, was there a difficulty spike in certain areas, or like how would you feel about that? Um, the only thing negative I'll say there is that sometimes the save points are not spaced really well. From what I'm playing, like I've got to backtrack more than I want to to get to a save point, or I'm like reaching out into the world trying to find a save like on my dying breath and it's just not there and not there and not there and not there. Um, (laughs) It feels like the spacing of them feels a little wonky to me and I can't really explain why. Um, But just like if you play a Metroid game, you kind of get into this rhythm where you know where a save's going to be. Hollow Knight. You got into this rhythm where you you, you knew where the bench was going to be, right? Um, This one? eh, Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... Yeah, so uh but otherwise the pacing's fine. The the difficulty spike is fine. You level up as you go, so there's RPG elements and you get better weapons and such. Uh, but it is it is just a Metroidvania uh action game mostly with melee combat. So, yeah. Cool. And you know, for anyone looking for a new Castlevania, yeah, good luck with that. You're going to have to look at this one. Uh maybe <laughs> this is the one that's going to be getting sequels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see this being a series. Um, it already had that 8-bit game that uh, was developed by Anti-Creates, Curse of the Moon, right. um, which I may pick up, actually. So, yeah. I, I actually played uh, half of it. Um, it's pretty good so far. And, yeah, it just gives me those vibes, especially from Castlevania 3. I mean, just, yeah, I highly recommend it. I think it was like $10, too, so that would be... It's a good buy. Nice. Uh, so, uh... Yeah, that, that's pretty much all I want to say, but I, I have really enjoyed that game. Um, I'm not quite done with it. I am at the final bosses, the actual final bosses now, so um, uh, I don't expect anything that I just said to change based on that, so I've had right. a good time. Good stuff. We can segue again by another similar game. Ooh, I've nice. been playing The uh, Tourist by Shinin Multimedia. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's basically a awesome. bloodstained c- clone. I'm basically the same <laughs> game, so I don't have much to say. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> no, it, it's it's a it's a casual 3D puzzler. I've got two very casual games on this episode because I tend to like play a high-intensity game, and then I play a nice, chill game, and those are the two I've talked about. Um, it's kind of got a lot of fanfare when it first came out for its little cute 3d voxely uh graphics and with that tilt shift similar to Link's awakening yeah um it's a really fun game uh i'm actually a little more into it just because it's a technical marvel it stays locked at 60 frames oh, and nice. has almost no load time and the game itself is under 300 megabytes uh so like that part kind of blows my mind um mm. it is a lot of fun it is unfortunately a little dense in a few spots. You're just walking around trying to figure out what to do. Uh, but overall, I had a lot of fun with it. It was just a nice, relaxing game. My daughter would 
watch me play and kind of tell me, try over there, look over there. And it's just a lot of exploration and simple puzzles. There's a little bit of platforming. Um, there's a boss or two, but it's not, you're just throwing some blocks around or something. It's nothing too, uh, too tough. It's got a lot of cheeky humor. Uh, and you know, you're this big block guy part. What you get the ability to run eventually. And you, you're here, you are slamming through walls, looking for treasures and things. And, uh, overall, I really liked it. Some of the platforming sections were frustrating. You know, it's 3D and you're like, am I actually lined up to hit that platform and you jump and, oh, no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, for 20 bucks, I would recommend uh, researching the game before you buy. And if it seems like it's for you, 20 bucks is a fair price. Otherwise, you know, 10 or 15, I would recommend it wholeheartedly. Uh, it's again, it's another five, six hour game. Um, it, it is kind of fun to go. There's just different, there's seven different islands you can travel and do different quests. And sometimes you complete something on one island that lets you have an item you need to go back to another island. Uh, overall, they're mostly self-contained though, but Again, it's just a nice casual game that that's pretty easy to recommend if that's what you're looking for. Um, this is one of those games. It's kind of hard to spoil unless you get onto the uh, actual quests themselves. And speaking of that, the one side quest I didn't really like was the one that was most heavily advertised. We get to play those little mini games in the arcade, because <laughs> because right. oh. uh, I hope I'm saying that right. Shinin Multimedia also made Fast RMX. Right. Yeah. And there's this little 8-bit version of it, but it was so frustrating. You're just trying to beat this guy's high scores, and there's three games you play, and I hated two of them. I, I said out loud more than oh, once, no. once. I said, why is this fun? My <laughs> wife's like, "What? if you're going to be a grouch, why are you playing this game? And I was like, I don't know. But as, I was just too stubborn. And, and then I beat it, and the reward for beating it is just like, something you didn't need and i was like ah perfect <laughs> yeah but so Excellent. that part that part was a little disappointing i mean the game as a whole still still a great game that that i'd recommend but uh, that that part was a little bit of a letdown because that's what you keep seeing in the trailers and the ads and i was like all right and i got there and then i was just like this f-zero is, is back oh no that's... truer words have never been no i don't know <laughs> i'm not even gonna complete that sentence <laughs> Uh, man, that's, that's cool. Though that that was a game that uh, when it first got kind of revealed, I was I was like all in on it, and I still don't have. It. <laughs> yeah, I don't know it, why. the The trailer, I don't know the the initial trailer. I got a different vibe for than what the game really is, but it's neat really? too. Like it's got nice water effects, and it's got the lighting effects, and and the wind and everything, and it is neat. The I don't think the music's too memorable, uh, but it's just this fun little little cheeky sandbox game that that you know, if you're looking to relax, is is worth playing. Would you say that the water reminds you of that the pond from Breath of the Wild? <laughs> <laughs> like sort of the excitement that you got from it. I mean, what what what, what do you think about that? I mean, how dare you compare anything to the pond? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing shall rival that experience, oh, man. and we shall not speak of it again. Well, there we go. <laughs> Until next week. <laughs> Until it comes back up naturally. There we go. Die. All right. Well, that's cool. And then uh, I think, Serge, do you have anything else? Pretty much just uh, still seething at Animal Crossing, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> mm. Um, I, I did want to get to one other, like, quick discussion. We don't have to get too far into it, but um, uh, uh, another little piece of news. So this week, I backed my first Kickstarter project ever. Nice. Um, is this? I mean, Kickstarter is a, a platform that's been around. I've known it's been around, and I've seen some games come through it. Hey, Shovel Knight, uh, that. You know, looked really cool, and and I was supportive of, but I never backed them. So uh, this week I backed the wonderful 101, uh, which got put onto a Kickstarter um, to basically make this game available again. So as I understand it, the story is the wonderful 101 was a Wii U game fairly early on when literally no one had a Wii U. Um, except for me, <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. Uh, so it flopped. It flopped hard. Like it did <laughs> not sell at all. Um, to the point that I think for Switch, everybody was kind of asking for uh, uh, a port of this one. As we're talking about Switch ports of Wii U games, uh, this game kept coming back up. But I feel like nobody was really interested in publishing it because it had failed so hard. Uh, so to get around this, uh, Platinum Games decided to put a Kickstarter out there um, to port this game that, again, did not sell well. And they've already made like over a million dollars on it. So the world is crazy and makes no sense. I have no idea. <laughs> um, to, to make things a little bit more complicated, a little more crazy, I played this game on Wii U. Uh, I played this game on Wii U, played the first two stages, got kind of tired of it, and sold it. So why am I kickstarting oh, this? Dang. Uh, it's it, it's multifold. Uh, there's a bunch of reasons. Um, but first of all, uh, you guys, uh, what is your involvement with uh, Wonderful 101? Did you play the original? Have you Are you interested in this uh, Kickstarter? What do you think? Oh, I'm on the Kickstarter. I have no idea what this game is. I've never played it, <laughs> but I saw Dragon hype it so much, and then I saw you backed it, and then you DM'd me if you're going to be on the show, you got to keep up with games to back it right now. <laughs> and uh, I, I backed it at the highest level of there. $1,500. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> Whoa, no, nice. not, not That's really. I, fan. I teach. Okay. But uh, uh, I, I, I did back it at the digital level just out of sheer curiosity. Um, I also have never backed anything on Kickstarter before, but... I'm just going to leap with my eyes closed. and yeah, So why and- did we pick this one as our first one? I'm really confused. <laughs> oh, but man. I have I have some reasons I'll get back to it. But uh, Ke- Kevin, Sergio, you played this before? Uh, you know, I have not played Wonderful 101. I've heard of it, um, but I just never, never heard about it until you all talked about it. Although I am a Kickstarter backer of a multiple, multiplicative. I like. I just want to use that word, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I am a. I am, am have backed multiple things on Kickstarter. Uh, some things that I've, I still love having. Um, Secret Hitler, which is a social de- de- deduction game, very very good. Exploring Wait, what? Ki- <laughs> it's, it's it's a really good game, and if you okay. like Mafia, um, you know Resistance, um, you know Bang, which is like a spaghetti western mafia type of game. You're gonna love Secret Hitler, and it's all animals. It's it's lovely. It's great. I recommend it. Um, Exploring kittens. I also uh, backed on Kickstarter. It was the oh nice the most backed 
card game of the time. I hope it still is. Um, and there's Super Hot, you know, the unique first-person shooter where time moves when you move. And uh, Shines, an RPG that is like a manga and fantasy at the same time. It's pretty cute. Yeah. And then there is Genki, the covert dock for Nintendo Switch. You know, nice. the, the third-party <laughs> dock that will not break a Switch, guaranteed uh, so far. Guaranteed uh, by them, not us. <laughs> guaranteed by them, not us, yeah. So we, have, we take no liability on that one. Yes. And all warranty claims to Kevin. <laughs> Jokes. But yes, uh, I am very familiar with the Kickstarter world. Uh, I am very meticulous about what I back. But yes, uh, that is great that you back the Wonderful 101. I am intrigued by it a bit more. Sergio, what about you? No, I haven't heard about this game, but I have heard of people that have heard of it. So Wait, what? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I played the demo back on the Wii U, but it wasn't the Wii U, so I noped right out of that. Oh man! <laughs> no, 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 not a big fan. I mean, no, it played okay, but I just I, I probably was playing something else. Um, but I am very interested. Depends on the timing. Again, Animal Crossing is coming out uh, pretty soon, so I am very interested. Uh, you like you, shy? I saw uh, Dragon call it the E word. He said it was epic. So that that's <laughs> that's high praise. That you were. It, by the way, it's slated to come out in April. Uh, if, yeah, oh, yeah. Sergio, oh, you're not playing this. So that's a hard pass for Sage. Yeah, you're not. This year? Yes. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's really that's soon. Quick. I mean, the game is ready, is, is what I'm getting at. Like, they've been working on this game. It's ready to go. They just, they literally needed to port it places. Um, so I think the Switch, the, the first goal was the Switch port, which I think was at like $50,000 or something like that. Really low number. They met um, it almost instantly. Oh, yeah. It met it right. before I even saw the Kickstarter. <laughs> and that was not, it was like an yeah. hour after it started. Uh, but so wh- a couple things on this game. Um, f- first of all, one, I, I really have no idea why this blew up so much. Um because again, nobody was interested in this game at all, and it wasn't just a function of it being on the Wii U. Because nobody who had a Wii U was interested in this game at all. <laughs> so it's just like, whatever. I you know, Platinum has clout. Um, so they put out a Kickstarter, and people want to back Platinum, and and they want to back a Platinum game on uh, multiplat. Uh, you know, going to to PS4 and Steam and such. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but I will say. So what I said before, I wasn't really being harsh on the game. I just, uh, it was hitting me at a wrong time. What I'll say about this game is if you remember back to like the superhero shows and such from when you were eight years old, that is this game. Like that is very oh. much what this game is trying to be. Uh, and to, to even the point of like, there's uh dragon explained it pretty well. The first stage has like a boss that literally acts like, like a final boss of a game. Like it's really big and, you know, uh, bright and, uh, you know, uh, really it is epic. It, uh, it is. And it, in the background, the, the theme song <laughs> is like a, a chorus of, of guys singing oh about God. the wonderful one Oh one. Yeah. Oh, it's, Ooh. it's the funniest thing ever. Um, it really <laughs> is. Uh, I didn't think it played all that well on Wii U, uh, which was ultimately what killed it for me. Um, there was some weird control issues that I'm really hoping that they uh, knock out. The thought of just going to a standard controller um, will probably help this game, actually. Right, right. Um, but yeah, uh, so I backed it because inherently I like this game 
despite prior experience with it. Um, I like the Wonderful 101. I really like the style and what they're going for. It's a lot of fun, and I think it's funny, and I'm going to have a good time with it. Um, But also, this is a Kickstarter about a company wanting to port a Wii U game to Switch, and that just struck me as, okay, done. Yeah, like (laughs) I I backed it for the physical level, which is like you know a little over 50 bucks, and I was like, yeah, sweet, done. I'm, I'm in. So... Yeah, it's kind of odd. I was just having a really bad day and saw this hype train and said, forget it, I'm going to throw some money at this game and hope it's good. Plus, the DLC is included if you backed it now, so I didn't want it to come out in April. Then I liked it, and then I'm buying the DLC separately because as of time of recording, they're only $74,000 short of a next stretch goal, which is going to add a 2D uh, side-scrolling campaign to the game on top of the main campaign and... I like big, dumb, goofy games. So like, this sounds like my kind of game with the superheroes and the Flash and, and so all that this, stuff. So this definitely has the platinum thing of like the actual combat is like really deep. The more you get into it, and you get graded on it and such, which kind of always grates me a little bit. Mm. Uh, you know, because I'm like, man, I did pretty well. Why'd you give me a C? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and then the next battle, I'm like, man, I didn't do very well, and they give me an S. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> But anyways, it it does have the platinum combat of, like, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's big and flashy, and you can learn and get a lot deeper into the combat and such. Um, That either hits you pretty well or it doesn't. But the overall style of the game, you're going to love it. I I really think you will. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm with you, though. I hope they get rid of the... They almost have to get rid of the mandatory drawing and touchscreen controls Mm -hmm. because it's going to come out on other systems. Well, they actually got rid of that on Wii U. Oh, Uh, that's good. So... But it was very shoehorned in. So they were like, oh, you don't want to draw? Okay, uh, use the right stick instead. So it, it just still kind of felt <laughs> yeah. weird. Oh, okay. Mm. And I'm hoping that they hammer that out a little bit. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm i just looking forward to actually trying to play this game again. Uh, because it it was kind of just at a weird time on Wii U. Uh, believe it or not, I was playing other things on that console at the time. I'm as shocked as you are. Um, (laughs) so now that it's, you know, on switch, which doesn't have as many games, you know, I'll, I'll have a better shot at it. So, oh yeah. (laughs) Now I didn't even read the description. I just clicked the back button. Does this game have multiplayer? Yes. Okay. It does. Whoa. Uh, That's going to be fun with my, okay. Well, with my daughter, that'll be a lot of fun too. Wow. If she gets into any like, you know, over the top, colorful superhero stuff, she'll love it. Love it. Yeah. That's right up her alley. No, yeah. this is so amazing. Like, there's 28 days to go, and they've already raised that much money. Like, that is yeah. insane. Like, how? I don't. I don't. I don't know how they know. did it. Yeah, I really it's don't. Just, like, especially if it's a game that people have already. Well, some people have played before. Like, this is a this is unprecedented. Like, I I, I might want to back this now. I mean, this well, is. One of the backing options for 101 dollars, you can get blocked by Camilla. So I. I think that's very enticing. Uh, blocked on Twitter. <laughs> wow. It is pretty enticing. Well, I mean, the average, I mean, I did crude numbers. The average backer is at like 64 bucks a person. Yeah, that is very, wow. This is, this is like, so it's a following right here. I mean. Just to, just to kind of illustrate, um, the Nintendo shipped 30,000 copies for the game's launch in Japan. The game sold 5,258 copies in its first week. Wow. Oof. That's bad. That's unheard of. Yeah, that's yeah, awful. That's I don't even bad. And this game is making millions of dollars now. I don't know how. It's crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. really funny. 
People love that nostalgia hype train look back with rose-colored glasses or you get these cult classics that now with social media people really build up and then people just go with it i mean i did and it helps <laughs> that the video was funny too yeah yeah so I they're know. really playing into it so every bit helps i mean anyways i'm i'm hyped for it um i like i think <laughs> I think uh, TJ, you you took uh, what I was saying about it as, as I loved it initially, and that that's kind of my full story. I didn't really love it, um, but I wanted to, and so that's kind of where I was. Mm. Yeah, I saw that, but I'd already made my decision, so it's all yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> if I hate it, I'll just blame you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know, for and, some reason, there's a Cap Captain Falcon type of vibe just by looking at yeah, the image. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the mask and like just This is also the same company that did Beautiful Joe, which it's really, yes. really beautiful Joe. Yeah. Oh man, that But no. with a with a hundred of a hundred of the little guys that you are controlling like all of them at once. It's it's really it's crazy. It's yeah. looking at it looks just like insanity. Um it's <laughs> And and like I said, there's like this really epic Saturday morning cartoon music going on in the background with choirs and stuff. It's great. It's great. And this is this is pretty cool, I gotta admit. And what, 1080p, 60 frames per second on the Switch? I mean And now you have to pack it. Oh, i oh my gosh. Like, where's my wallet? Make it sad now. Like what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well glad I convinced you guys. I, I think um Unless you guys have any other uh, Kickstarter stories, I don't because this is my first. So there you go. Yeah, uh, I, I don't have a Kickstarter story, but I just do want to give a shout out. I was going to do it earlier, but shout out to Darkest. Obviously, you know, he's been, uh, you know, a really good contributor for our Discord and, and suggesting games like, you know, Doom Destiny. And, you know, even though I may not have liked it as much as I wanted to, I thought it was good to try it out anyway. So thank you, Darkest. Yeah, definitely. For uh, for that, really appreciate it, and yeah, I mean, man, you know, uh, I I am looking forward to finishing Coffee Talk in the post game. There is, I did forget one thing. There is an alien that you meet who wears an astronaut suit. That's all I'm gonna say. Please play. Okay, the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. So, uh, okay, that's all I got. <laughs> All right, TJ, sir, do you have anything else uh, before we get into our question? I do no. not. All right, Sergio, hit us. So, our question last week was, which one feature, single feature, you would want the most out of a potential Switch Pro? <laughs> potential, yeah, right. So, <laughs> what do people want the most? Uh, Napping Rat from our Discord said a lot of things, <laughs> but I think his most requested feature is better Wi-Fi, which I mm. definitely agree with. Um, Dragon said, Joy-Cons that don't drift, which is a good one. Uh, Ferrero's Dragon said, I'll be happy if the Switch Pro has Twilight Princess or Disney Plus on it. Hmm, interesting. And that's what we have. What, what about you guys? Hmm. Uh, you know, for me, I just, w I just want one thing. I just want to be able to play 1080p 60, at least 60 frames per second in handheld. I think that is hopefully the, the standard that they will set. Uh, I don't know if I'm asking for a lot, but that's what I want. And, and, and if, if possible, 120, 120 frames per second. But that's oh wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But can you tell little... at that point? That is not happening, man. <laughs> you know, honestly, there are bits of it that you can if you look close enough. Like if you compare like a 60 fps, 60 fps to 100, you know, 
okay, 20 but, FPS. But what if you I'm can't. not playing Call of Duty? <laughs> <laughs> then you're not doing it right, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, so you're going to okay, tank the battery well, life at 120. Okay. <laughs> no, that's right. a diminishing return. I, I, think, <laughs> I think 1080 is a decent goal. I think yeah. uh, anything more than 60 frames per second, that is not happening. No chance. There, there are some technical things behind it, like, you know, like, like when you are viewing like things that are moving really fast, you know, especially if ghosts are moving fast, Call of Duty ghosts, not unrelated, but <laughs> no, but there are, there are different technical differences, but yeah, like it, it is hardly noticeable, but I 1080p 60 FPS. That's it. <laughs> All right. Nice. I, I would take a, keep the, I don't know what you call it. The tablet, the actual system, uh, the same size. I'd like a decreased bezel, and you know, make, give me more screen real estate and make it OLED. Ooh, yes. yeah, there we go. I mean, I could see it. I've, and I've been actually trying to think of what they would actually do with a with a, a new switch, um, as it were. Uh, and the only thing I I keep coming back to, so. I'm going to give a quick shout out to the Switch Island. Uh, they had a conversation about a potential Switch Pro and uh, came up with this idea that uh, so, so far there is a 64 gigabit gigabyte card uh, for Switch that has not been released yet. Um, so the thought was maybe you hold that for Switch Pro with the capacity that maybe um, games. So ideally, games are going to launch for Switch and Switch Pro. They're going to be playable on both, right? Um, the thought would be that you basically have an, a, a better texture pack on that card that only the Pro can access. Mm. Uh, so all of a sudden you play on Pro the same game, but it looks better, it runs better, right. things like that. Um, that actually feels like a kind of reasonable thing for me. Uh, I, I, could, I, I could definitely see that happening. Um, as far as the actual design of the system, honestly, I think the system is pretty good. I think they have some durability mm. issues in the Joy-Cons. Um, so a redesign there is a good idea, but the rest of the system, not bad. Everything else I would ask for is on the software side, such as the ability to put things in folders so they stop clogging mad up man. my... Uh, I know. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, right. But yeah, the, the, the ability to put things in folders and, I mean, would it kill you to put a game invite system on the system itself? <laughs> so right, that yeah. these friends that add me from quick play on smash don't just like sit in my friend list and never have any interaction ever so yeah, yeah that's actually a good point i mean cause, and especially uh, i just wish there's a way to message people in the in the switch like yeah. like on i don't know playstation or xbox <laughs> like you know come on like give it the time give it the program nintendo yeah, but you don't need a pro for that. I don't know. No, I, you don't. You don't. It would be as simple. You don't have to. I. I don't think you need to install messaging on it. I don't think you because then you open up to things that Nintendo's not all that comfortable with, like you know, <laughs> us talking to twelve-year-olds um, and, and things well, like that. You, but you, well, you don't have to talk to twelve-year-olds. But yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All I would really ask for is a if you are playing. If I'm playing a game like I open an arena in Smash. I would love to be able to hit a button that shows up a little green dot on my friend's switch and says, Hey, Daryl's got an arena open. Join up. That's it. Yeah. That's all I want. Seriously. And make that like (laughs) multiple games. So, Hey, Daryl's playing Mario Kart. Join him. Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. You know, 
if I ever do decide to play Call of Duty again, and they do ever release another Call of Duty, I would like the same option. Um, I dare say they'll release another one. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, yeah, and we'll see. I, I'm, I'm currently retired in the Call of Duty world. I did play Call of Duty Mobile for a little bit. Um, you know, it was a very short two hours, but that was it. I'm like, what? I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, no, it was okay. Because like, I, I play, and I'm like, you know, this is fun, and I, you know. <laughs> had a decent score you know it was pretty good and then this is I very just, quickly descending into depression for me i regret mentioning <laughs> call of duty oh no i'm I, all jokes aside i don't think i would ever play call of duty on the switch but uh, if you had 120 more. frames per second switch pro <laughs> oh there we go <laughs> but yeah i mean but, to get to get us back to the question um you should join our discord server which you can find a link for on our twitter at nintendo jump he's a pro because uh in the response i know sergio mentioned it napping rat listed a ton of features that are all realistic like having ethernet built into the dock Right, yes. little things yeah. like that. I love that the switch's crazy. form factor. I know. I love the switch's form factor. I, I mean, I've had it two and a half years. Uh, I still marvel at it. Clicking the Joy Cons on and off is still magical. But, <laughs> but at the same time, they failed on the execution of so many details on the hardware. Yep. Um, so there, there's a lot. I mean, the question said one option, so I gave one. But I, I recommend looking at. Uh, napping rats uh, response there because i pretty much want everything he said but yes <laughs> you gotta join our discord to see it yeah you know when it comes to tech talk you know nap rats is the guy you know he's always talking about the latest tech and even on macbooks and you know stuff that i was interested in because i was going to get a macbook air but he convinced me to wait so i listened to nap rat for that one so shout out to him i'm gonna nice. wait for the you know I, I'm interested in the new MacBooks that are coming out later this year, even though they Welcome might Welcome to the MacBook <laughs> Jump Podcast. <laughs> okay. Sergio, yeah. we have anything else on this question? You can save us now. <laughs> no, well, just my request, which is... Honestly, it's funny because mine wouldn't be advertised. I want better... Here's a cool word. Wirelessness. Uh, from the oh, switch yes. basically i want it to be more stable in local connections because oh, i yes. think it's yeah, kind of disappointing point. when you're playing like smash or mario kart locally and there's either dropouts or lag that, that really shouldn't happen oh, yeah, i agree i mean I, um, i'll play students at school and class breaks and we are three feet from each other and it lags worse than when i have an internet connection exactly <laughs> or, or like yeah. the joy cons there is something I, weird about that or like even the Joy-Cons. I don't live in a very big house. I can't sit on my couch and use my Joy-Cons detached. The connection's so weak. Multiple pairs. It's awful. Like, yeah, how? Yeah. How? how? It's, it's 2020. Wireless technology isn't brand new. Just just use standard Bluetooth and, and use a regular USB-C. Get with the times, Nintendo. That's right. the message. You know what? Give, as what Shy Guy would say, man, I love, I love it when you said that. Uh, you know what? Come on, Nintendo. <laughs> This, well, it's 2020. <laughs> yeah, to be fair on the Joy-Con. I, like, the system-to-system system thing, completely true. To be fair on the Joy-Con thing, they were trying really hard to fit a lot of stuff into that form factor, and I think they took some allowances they shouldn't have with that. There's a lot of right. um, strange designs there that well, hopefully they could iterate on. For 80 bucks a pair, I'm going to have high expectations. I, I agree. Mm, true. 
they're my handheld <laughs> uh, players anyway. Like I don't I don't use Joy Cons separate anymore, which is a nice t- a nice thing. Uh, all right, uh, Sergio, you want to hit us with a fresh new, brand new question? Yes, I, I like this one. This is fun. Question for this week: If you could only buy one game for any system for the rest of the year, twenty twenty, what would you get? Easy oh God, you're me. gonna make me piss you off, aren't you? <laughs> it's not call of duty i won't just... spoil my answer but it ain't gonna be animal crossing man no. i'm sorry oh, that's fine man. that's fine and it's not pokemon sword or shield or whatever like that's not gonna happen all right i'll think on it but mm. all right cool cool yeah thank you for listening everyone we're gonna jump out of here but you can keep the discussion going by chatting with us on our Discord group. The description for this episode has a link to our Discord if you would like to join. We are also on Twitter and on Instagram as Nintendo Jump, and we also have a Facebook group. Please send us any feedback you have at nintendojumppodcast at gmail.com. The best way to support this show is through our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash nintendojump, or by leaving a review for the show in your favorite podcast application. We would really appreciate it. This is Sergio, and on behalf of Daryl, Kevin, and Shai, thanks for listening. We hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye. That's Hot on Cold by Andrew Jeremy, who created the soundtrack for... Oh God. Don't. oh God! Yes, I know. I love it. I listen to it. I listen to these tracks like almost every day now. Shout out to y'all, sponsors. Just kidding. No. Bye. 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 Shout out to Coffee Dog. Waffy Dog. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>